Do you guys feel alive? But do you remember what it's like to feel dead? I mean, do you remember what it was like to be dead? And, and some of you, the answer is yes. And some of you, the answer is no, because maybe God took that away from you. But if you don't have any idea what I'm talking about today, when I say, do you remember what it was like to be dead, then you need to risk, listen really, really close to the words that I'm about to say. I remember what it was like to be dead. I remember. I remember what it was like to be dead. And, and no, I didn't have some kind of five minutes in heaven experience. No, 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 no. I mean, I was walking around on the earth uh, trying to put on a show and trying to pretend like I was alive. But in reality, even though I was moving and talking and doing, uh, I was as dead as a person could ever be. Because sometimes we walk around and we look like we're alive and we act like we're alive and we pretend like we're alive. But if we're missing one key component, then it doesn't matter how good of a show that we put on. If you're missing the key component to life, then you are dead. And that's just the truth. It's just the truth. You guys ever see a zombie movie? <laughs> Most of y'all probably have. And, and, and they look. Yeah, I see some of the kids going, yeah, I watch zombie movies all the time. And they're all different depending on the writer. Depending, yeah, I know, man, I know. Um, depending on the writer, they're all different, right? They're all different, and there's a different cause, and, and they, they you know, act and move a little bit differently. But there's one thing that, that stays pretty static, that stays pretty much the same across all the different zombie movies, the, the, the shows that you see about The Walking Dead and whatnot. There's one thing that stays pretty static. There's one symptom that they have that carries across all the genres, that carries across all the different authors. It was true when they did the original Night of the Walking Dead. It's true in the, you know, the Walking Dead series that they do. They're hungry. They're They're hungry. They're always, aren't they, man? They're always hungry. And that's what I remember about being dead more than anything else. Was the hunger. Was the hunger that was inside of me. And I kept trying to satisfy this hunger that was within me. When I was dead, when I was walking around dead, man, I tried everything I could get my hands on to satisfy the hunger that was within me. And the world kept telling me that it had what I needed. The world kept tempting me and saying, oh no, you just need a little more. Oh no, you just need a little something different. Oh no, you just need what I've got. And what I've got will satisfy your hunger if you'll just consume it, if you'll just take it in, if you'll just buy what I'm selling and eat what I'm serving and live on what I have to give you then you'll be satisfied and you know what the world lied to me every single time because I ate everything that it had to give me and I wound up even more hungry than ever before because that's the way the world is the more that we consume of the world the more that we want of the world and that empty spot inside of us because we're dead will never be filled up will never be satisfied there's nothing that the world can ever give you that will bring you to life can somebody say amen and I was dead. And I remember that feeling of hunger. I remember that feeling of hunger. And I stayed dead no matter how much of the world's twisted version of life that I consumed. I stayed dead. And it wasn't until somebody, it wasn't until somebody came 
and spoke the word of life into me. And I believed it and I received it. And the power of God finally brought me to life. Can somebody say amen? Yeah, give him praise because he deserves it for that one. Because if you think this valley of dry bones that I'm about to preach about was a miracle, the miracle that was worked in my life was way so much more epic than that ever could be. Because when I say I was dead, I mean I was dead in every aspect. And somebody came and spoke the word of truth into my life. And that word covered me. And then that spirit filled me. And then finally for the first time in my life I was truly alive. Truly alive. Because that's what our God does. Because that's what our God does. And you know what? Now I find myself satisfied. You know why? Because my Savior said, those that hunger and thirst for righteousness will be filled. Will be filled. And so when you get hungry for Him, when you get hungry for Him, He'll satisfy you. He'll satisfy you. And by God, He's the only thing that can Because he's the bread of life and the living water. And that's all you need to live. Somebody say amen. Would you stand with me for the reading of God's word this morning? We're in the book of Ezekiel in chapter 37. And we'll see if I can talk throughout the rest of this sermon. Live! God, I need supernatural strength in my vocal cords. Come on. The hand of the Lord was on me. Man, we could stop right there. I mean, we could stop right there. I could preach a whole six-week sermon series on that. The hand of the Lord was on me. The hand of the Lord was on me, and he brought me out by his spirit and set me down in the middle of a valley. And it was full of flowers and rainbows and unicorns. No, that's not what it says. It was a land flowing with milk and honey. No. It was filled with miracles and healing and glory. No. No. He set me down in the middle of a valley and it was full of bones. And he led me all around them. And there was a great many of them on the surface of the valley, and they were very dry. And then he said to me, son of man, can these bones live? I love it when God asks a question. Because you know that he already knows the answer. So you know who he really wants to understand what the answer to the question is? Yeah, that's exactly right. It was Ezekiel, and now it's you and me. And we'll see where we get. And I replied, Lord God, only you know. And he said to me, prophesy concerning these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. I I can't sing. (laughs) And this is what the Lord God says to these bones. I will cause breath to enter you and you will live. Did he say they might live? Did he say they will probably live? Did he say that there's a good chance that they'll live? No, he said you will live. You know why? When my God speaks something, it happens. Somebody say amen. I will put tendons on you and make flesh grow on you and cover you with skin. And I'll put breath in you so you will come to life. And then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied. I like what he does. Did did he think about it? Did he pray about it? No, he didn't. 
So I prophesied as I'd been commanded. Man, if we would just do what God told us to do. I mean, real simple. Like, I don't have to get wild and, and preach all crazy and spit and stuff to, to let you understand that, man. If we would just do what God has commanded us to do, and, and that's all. Then think about the kind of world that, 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 that we would be in right now. While I was prophesying, I need you to understand that part too, and I'll get to that in a minute. But this happened while he was prophesying. Not after he got done, but while he was in the midst of obeying the, the, the truth that God laid out on him. While I was prophesying, as I'd been commanded, there was a noise, a rattling sound. Rattle, rattle. And the bones came together, rattle, bone to bone. And as I looked, tendons appeared on them, and flesh grew, and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. And he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, say to it, uh, this is what the Lord God says, breath, come from the four winds, and breathe into these slain so that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded, and the breath entered them, and they came to life, and stood on their feet, a vast army. And then he said to me, son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. And, and look how they, they say our bones are dried up and our hope has perished and we are cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, this is what the Lord God says. I'm going to open your graves and bring you up from them. My people lead you into the land of Israel and you will know that I am the Lord. My people, when I open your graves and bring you up from them, I will put my spirit in you and you will live. And I will settle you in your own land and then you will know that I am the Lord. I have spoken and I will do it. I have spoken and I will do it. I have spoken and I will do it. This is the declaration of the Lord. Pray with me this morning. Yeah, man, give him praise. Golly. We received this prophecy this morning, God, and we proclaim this prophecy to be true because all your promises are yes and amen. God, we will do as you have commanded us to do. We will live as you've commanded us to live. We will go where you've commanded us to go, and by your glory, your will will be done in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Now let's give him a shout of praise, can we? Oh, you may be seated in the presence of the Lord, saints. Come on. We'll see how the rest of this goes, huh? The hand of the Lord is upon me. The, the hand of the Lord is upon me. Like I said, I could preach a whole sermon series just on that. Man, what if the hand of the Lord was upon us? Which it is, by the way. And then we allowed that hand of the Lord to guide us and to direct us. What if we just stopped pushing back against the hand of the Lord? What if instead of constantly resisting who God's called us to be and what he's called us to do? I about died up here on the stage. I was about to have to come do CPR me and somebody breathe the breath of life into me. Where's our first responders at, man? Yeah, you over there. Come on. Somebody. <laughs> what if we, instead of constantly resisting the spirit of God, what if we really did just submit to the Lord? What if we really did just surrender ourselves to the living God and just let him take us where he wants to take us and do with us what he wants to do with us? Imagine what kind of a world that we would live in. Imagine what kind of a church that we would have, just to start real simple. No, 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 let me go back. Imagine what kind of a marriage you would have if you just submitted to the Lord and everything. 
Imagine what, what, what kind of a family environment you would have if you just submitted to the Lord and everything. Imagine what kind of a church we would have. Imagine what kind of a community that we would have if we were willing to just submit to the Lord in everything and stop pushing back against him all the time. Man, right before they stoned Stephen to death, you know what he said that really made him mad? He said, if y'all would just stop resisting the Holy Spirit, then everything would be okay. And they killed him for it. And they killed him for it. I mean, if we would just stop resisting the Holy Spirit, then everything would change. Everything would change. If we would just surrender to His will. If we would just surrender to His will, He puts His hand on us. And you know, like I was, you know, I was kidding around in the end of Scripture, but not really. Like we expect when the hand of the Lord comes on us that He's going to lead us to the mountaintop, don't we? We expect He's going to lead us into the promised land, just like straight into the promised land. The hand of the Lord is upon me, and He led me into riches and wealth and prosperity. But it don't always go like that. Sometimes he takes you into the valley of dry bones. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Sometimes he leads you right into the midst of the shadow of the valley of the shadow of death. Sometimes he leads you into the valley of dry bones. Sometimes he takes you right into the midst of destruction. Right into the midst of dissension. Right in the midst of the plague. I mean, whatever. Sometimes he walks you right in there to it. But here's the beautiful part. By the hand of the Lord, God guided Ezekiel into the valley of dry bones, but Ezekiel had nothing to fear. And someday God's going to lead you right into the valley of dry bones. But you know what? you got nothing to fear either because he is with you. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil because you are. Because you are. And he'll always be with you. And he'll never leave you, and he'll never forsake you, and he'll never abandon you. You got nothing to fear. You got nothing to worry about. No matter what it looks like around you, no matter what it looks like on the outside, no matter what you're feeling like on the inside, you got nothing to fear because he is with you. And I guarantee you, if he took you through the valley of the shadow, if he took you into the valley of dry bones, it's because there's purpose for you there. There's purpose for you there. He wants to use you there to do something incredible. He wants you to, do, to use you to do something to bring glory to his name and salvation to his people. Can you say amen? And God's going to do that. And God's going to do that. And he took Ezekiel into this valley of dry bones. And this was a, a place of devastation. I mean, there were bones everywhere. It says they were stacked up high. As far as the eye could see, this was a place of devastation. This was a place where a battle was fought and a battle was lost. Right now, Way Church, we're standing in the middle of a valley of dry bones. And it's known as the United States of America. And there's dry bones all around us. You know why? Because it's a place of devastation. You know why? Because a battle was fought here and a battle was lost here. You know what the greatest way to win <laughs> You know what the greatest way to win a fight against somebody is? Is if they don't know they're fighting. And that's the reason that we as the American church have lost the fight because we forgot that we were in a fight. We forgot that we were in a fight. We thought that this was some kind of country club that we came to to get energized every weekend. We thought that this was some kind of thing that we came to to be entertained for an hour and 20 minutes on a Sunday morning. But that's not what it is. And people will be like, well, I like the music better at the other church. I'm going to go there. And this person hurt my feelings, and so I'm not going to go to that church anymore. As if it's some kind of a club. Man, we're a battalion in an army. 
Man, we're a, we're a, we're a core in a, in a war, man. Like we're fighting a battle, man. This is a war against the enemy of God. Man, we were doing battle against dark powers in high places, and he would love nothing more than for you to not understand that you're in a fight. Because when you get sucker punched, guess what? You've lost. You've lost. And then when you're laying on the floor, you're like, oh gosh, maybe I was in a fight. But it's too late. It's too late. Or is it? Right now we're standing in the middle of a valley of dry bones. Right now we're in a field of devastation and they're very dry. The bones are very dry. And the reason that the scripture points out that the bones are very dry is he wants us to understand that we can't do CPR on them and bring them back to life. Like if I would have got choked on that lozenge, then surely somebody would have came up here and tried to Heimlich me and then CPR me if I wasn't breathing. And even if I didn't have a pulse, maybe, just maybe, they could have brought me back to life. By resuscitation. But that would have been a people thing. And the reason these bones are very dry and very dead is that God wants you to understand that the kind of death and devastation he's talking about here can't be reversed. Can't be reversed by human means. Because what our world needs, what our country needs, what we need is not a resuscitation. It's a resurrection. Somebody say amen. And while we can provide resuscitation, we can't do resurrection. Only God. Only God can do that. Can something be resurrected after all the life has gone out of it? Can lost people be saved? Can drug addicts be freed? Can, can stage four cancer patients that the hospitals have given no hope, can they be healed? Can, can we be rid of COVID-19? Can our nation come together in unity? Not by us, we can't. Listen to me. Not by us, we can't. God says to Ezekiel, can these bones live again? And Ezekiel's thinking in his mind, nope. <laughs> Not by my strength they can't. Not by their own strength they can't. Ezekiel puts no faith in the bones. I need you to hear what I'm saying. The prophet puts no faith in the bones, and we can't put any faith in the bones either. I've seen some you know, posts. I've seen way too many posts on the stupid Facebook. I'm about to delete the thing. People are like, I've lost all faith in humanity. What were you expecting? Me and my wife taught on original sin what last Tuesday. If you don't understand that we're totally depraved, then go back and check that teaching out and you'll get it. What were you expecting? We're broken by sin. We're full of pride and selfishness. That's what people are. I think people are basically good. You're wrong. We are broken and sinful and in need of a Savior. Somebody say amen. amen. Every single person that has ever lived, the sweetest little old lady you've ever seen and the most hardcore, you know, biker drug addict that there ever was in the world, both in need of the same Savior, just as bad. You know why? Because if you've broken one point of the law, you've broken the whole law and you're sinful and depraved and you need Jesus Christ just as bad as everybody else that has ever walked the face of the earth. Somebody say amen.
Ezekiel puts no faith in the bones. We don't, shouldn't put our faith in people. We shouldn't put our faith in organizations. We shouldn't put our faith in institutions. We shouldn't even put our faith in, in, the, in the church. He puts no faith in the bones. Also, Ezekiel doesn't pretend like he knows what God's plan is. I need you to understand how powerful that is. We just sang it, and we didn't plan that, but we just sang that whole chorus that was, you know, not my will, right? Your will be done in us. Your will be done in us. Ezekiel doesn't pretend like he knows what God's plans are. He doesn't presume to know what God's plans are. And, man, I talked to a couple just yesterday. I talked to a couple just yesterday. I figured they're probably watching online that said the same thing. We don't pretend like we know God's will, and they had a terrible loss in their family. But what an incredible blessing for them to say, we don't pretend like we know what God's will is. And even though we're more devastated than we've ever been in our life, we're going to trust God to pull us through this no matter what happens. No matter what happens, that we could all have an attitude like that about everything that happens in our entire life. If we could stop pretending like we know what God's plans are. Because in my Bible, in Romans 8, 28, it says God uses... uh, All things, all things, even the most terrible loss you've ever occurred that has ever occurred in your life. And so Ezekiel doesn't pretend like he knows what God's plan is. And he puts no faith in the bones. Instead, he replies, which one of the most awesome statements in all the Bible. Oh, God, only you know. Only you know. I got no opinion in the matter. I don't know. Only you know. I don't have any faith in in the bones, but I got all the faith in the world in you. I don't pretend like I know what your plan is, but I'll tell you what, God, I put all of my trust, all of my faith, all of my future, all of my love, all of my family, all of my heart, all of my soul in your very capable nail-scarred hands because I know that whatever your plan is, it's going to be for my good and for your glory. Somebody say amen. Oh, God, only you know. Oh, God, only you know. And so Ezekiel waits to hear what God's going to say. He waits to hear what God's going to say because God hasn't spoken about whether or not these dry bones are going to live yet. And so he waits on God. And so he waits on God. How many of y'all have jumped the gun and not waited on God to tell you what you needed to do and where you needed to go? Yeah, me too. I'd lift both hands up. All the time. All the time. So here's the question that I want to ask y'all today. Man, can our nation, can our state, can our community, can our church, Can our families, can our souls, can we live again? Can we live again? Only He knows. Only He knows. Only He knows. But I tell you this, stop putting your faith in human machinations. Stop putting your trust in government. Stop putting your trust in political parties. Stop putting your trust in news outlets. Stop putting your trust in businesses. Stop putting your trust in what you hear and what you think and what you feel. 
and put your trust in the only place where it has any business being. Because even if all this stuff burns all the way to the ground, He is still good and He is still God. And I will still surrender to His will and His way because He's the way, He's the truth, and He is the life and there is no other. Can you say amen? Put your trust in God because if he wants these bones to live again, guess what? They will. They will. And there's nothing that can stop them. Nothing that can stop our country from coming to life. Nothing that can stop our state from coming to life. Nothing that can stop our community from coming to life. Nothing that can stop this church, this little church in the middle of nowhere, Kentucky, from coming alive with the spirit of the living God. If he wants us to live, then we will live. If he wants us to live, then we will live. We will live. We will live. And this is what he said. And this is what he said, live, live. And he said to me, prophesy concerning these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord and say to them, live I'll cause breath to enter you, and you will live. I'll put tendons on you and make flesh grow on you and cover your skin. I'll put breath in you, and you'll come to life, and you will know that I am the Lord. Can somebody say amen? Amen. Speak life. Listen, church, speak life. You need to be speaking life into every situation that you find yourself in. How many times have you told the dead people in your life that God told you to live? God said, live. God said, live. How much life have you spoken into these situations? God said, live. We got to live with foolish faith, man. We got to live with a kind of foolish faith where the rest of the world is looking at us going, what is wrong with them? Now look, I don't want you to get uber spiritual on me. I want you to just think real natural world for a second. And I want you to picture old Ezekiel standing out here in a valley covered with bones. Right? So he's standing in the middle of this valley. Yeah, like that. And there's bones and skulls and stuff everywhere. And you got this old guy standing out there in the middle of this dry, dusty, dusty plain with bones all over. And he's going, live, live. The Lord said, live. The Lord said, live. He said, he's going to breathe the breath of life into you. And you're going to come to life and, and, and what if we could see him in the natural, standing in this old dusty valley, yelling at these dead bones to come to life? The Lord said, live. The Lord said, live. I mean, I mean, what if you were driving down the road and then you saw like a guy like standing over a rib cage just going, God said, live. What would you think about that fella? I think he lost his mind, right? It's like, this guy's lost his mind. If you read the rest of Ezekiel, you're probably right. He kind of has lost his mind. But you'd probably be thinking, this guy's crazy. This guy's crazy. He's lost it. He needs to be in a home somewhere. They need to get him some psychiatric help and some medication real quick before he hurts somebody. And probably that's what we would do is we would take him and put him in a white coat and take him to Western State Hospital. Somebody say Amen. I mean, that's just what we would do in our community, right? It's like, he's going to Western State, and that's it. That's it. Yeah, Vince knows. That's it. But what are we doing? 
I mean, what are we doing as the people of God if not the exact same thing that Ezekiel is doing in this scripture? I mean, we're standing in the middle of a whole bunch of dead people, and they may look like they're alive. They may be walking around and talking and trying to present themselves as though they have life in them. But I'm telling you that some of the folks around you, many of the folks around you, are just as dead as the bones that you see on that screen. Just as dead. Just as dead. And here we are telling them, live. God said live. God said live. God said live. God said live. And what are the people around us that are looking at us from the secular world thinking? That guy's lost his mind. He needs some mental help. Probably should put them on some medication. They keep talking about how God's going to bring us to life. They keep talking about it over and over and over like a broken record. Come on, somebody get this guy life. In the book of 1 Corinthians in chapter 1, in verse 18, the Bible says this. For the word of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But it is the power of God. But it's the power of God to those who are being saved. And they were looking at old Zeke like he was nuts, right? I mean, if anybody could see him, they were looking at old Zeke like he'd lost his mind. God said live. God said live. God said live. And everybody's going. <laughs> and they're like, wait. <laughs> we got to put this on YouTube, right? He's telling these bones to come to life and live. And then something crazy happens. And then as the midst, like the whole crowd would be like pointing at him and laughing and going, this guy's lost his mind. This video's going to go viral. He's crazy. And then the bones begin to rattle. And then the bones, then the bones begin to rattle. And it was the sound of resurrection. It was the sound of resurrection. Because since when has impossible ever stopped our God? Since when has the laws of the natural world ever stopped our God from doing what He wants to do? And bringing to life what He wants to bring to life? And the bones begin to rattle. And they begin to line up. And these skeletons begin to come together. And then all of a sudden all those people that are laughing at Him are going... Not only do the bones believe in the word of God now, but all of a sudden everybody that was watching this happen believes in the word of the Lord too. Because the power of God is unleashed on the earth and now they know that he's God. Now they know that he's God and the same is true for you. You know, people are pointing at us and they're laughing at us because we're telling all the dead people in this world to come to life. Come to life. Come to life. God said live. God said live. The gospel says live. God said he can bring you to life. You're dead inside right now, but God can make you alive. You're hurt inside, but God can heal you. You're, you're, you're sick inside, but God can cure you. You're broken, but my God can put you together like you never imagined. And everybody's laughing at us going, here come these crazy Christian people again talking about their Jesus. You know, what that guy needs is emotional counseling. And what he needs is a, a doctor to provide him some medication. And what he needs. And then, and then all of a sudden, that word of the gospel that we had spoken begins to take root in somebody's life. And then all of a sudden, somebody that was dead in the spirit comes alive, 
comes alive and they're saved and set free and healed and restored and the power of God the power of God becomes real to that person who is being saved and all of a sudden all the mockers and all the scoffers are like what just happened? because the power of God came alive on the earth and brought somebody out of death and brought somebody out of death And the skin comes and covers up the bones and and then the flesh begins to take root on them and blood begins to flow through their veins. And it looks like that they're alive, but they're still missing something. Amen. I mean, these bones have come together in a miraculous work of the living God. And he caused skin to cover them up, and they now they look like they're alive because they've been covered. But they're not alive yet. They're just prepared. They're just prepared. And and then the Bible says this. He said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man. This is what the Lord God says. Breath, come from the four winds. And breathe into these slain so that they may live. See, they were dead when they were dry bones. And then they're covered with flesh and blood. And then they're filled with the breath of God. You see, you have to be covered before you can be filled. you got to be covered before you can be filled. See, the Word of God covers you, and then the breath of God fills you. See, the flesh and blood covers you, and the wind fills you. Let me put it like this. The sun covers you, and then the Holy Spirit fills you. you got to be covered before you can be filled the word of god the word of god you know the word of god is the son of god see in the beginning was the word and the word was with god and was god and everything that was made was made through him and nothing that was made was made without him and in him was life and that life was the light of all mankind and nothing will ever overcome that light no matter how dark that it gets. See, the Word of God is the Son of God and He gave His flesh so that you could be covered with flesh. He gave His blood so you could be flowing with His blood so that you could be prepared. So you could be prepared for the Spirit to come live inside you. I never understood this Scripture in Mark chapter 2 like I do now. Mark chapter 2 verse 22 says this, No one pours new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the wine will burst the skins, and both the wine and the wineskins will be ruined. No, they pour new wine into new wineskins. See, the Lord our God, Jesus Christ, gave up His body to make you a new body. He gave up His blood so you could flow with His blood. He gave up His flesh so that He could cover you with His flesh, so that He could make you into a new skin, so that the Spirit could come and fill you and not burst you, because you got to be covered before you can be filled. And then when you're covered and you're filled you get called can somebody say amen I really like that part I'm almost done I won't speak too long that was a joke from yesterday so I prophesied as he commanded me can I reiterate that we should just do what he commands us to do And the breath entered them and they came to life and stood on their feet, a vast army. A vast army. 
Listen, he's raising up an army that's covered by his flesh and filled with his spirit. But look at what he made the army from. He made the army, he made the army from the broken remains that were left over after the world thought that it had won. He's making an army from the dry bones of those that the enemy thought that he had killed and now he's cast aside. The Lord's making an army out of your brokenness. All the pain that you went through in your life, the Lord's raising an army out of that. The sickness that you've been suffering with in your life, the Lord's raising an army out of that. When, when you were, were beaten and, 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 and molested and, and raped and, and, and addicted and, and, and sick with cancer and all those things, and the enemy thought that it had killed you, man, the Lord is raising an army from that. The Lord's making an army from the remains of the broken lives that the world cast aside. And the the world said you were dead, but my God said, live. And he covered us and he filled us. And now he's called us. And now he's called us. I love this part. He said, I've said it. I've said it, and I'll do it. I've said it, and I'll do it. So can these bones live again? He said, live. Can you live again? He said, live. Can your marriage live again? He said, live. Can your prodigal child live again? He said, live. Can our country that's as dead and dry as it can be, can it live again? He said live. All the dry bones in the world, man, he said live. And I remember what it was like to be dead. I remember what it was like to be dead. But then his word covered me and his spirit filled me. And now he's called me. And I'm alive. And I'm alive. And some of you out there, most of you out there know exactly what I'm talking about. You were dead. But then by his son's blood, he covered you. And by his Holy Spirit, he filled you. And now by his word, he's calling you. He's calling you. But maybe you're still bones right now. Maybe right now you're walking around and you're talking to people and, and, and you're consuming the things that the world has trying to get filled up, but maybe you're just as dead inside as you've ever been. But God says live. God says live. God says Live. Whatever's dead inside of you, he can bring it to life. All the hopes and dreams that you had, man, they're not gone. He can bring them to life. But the first thing you have to do is cry out for that covering of blood and cry out to be filled with that spirit. Every word that God says is life.
you know, we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And you know what that really means? That means the enemy thought that he had won in your life. The enemy thinks that he's won. He's ready to put you in that bone field. But God said, live. And the wages of our sins is death. It is death. What we earn from our sin against God is death. We deserve to be in that bone field. Do you get that? I mean, that's where I deserve to be. But God said, live. Because the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Because God said, live. And God showed his great love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Even in the midst of your worst sin, God said, live. God said, live. God said, live. Romans 10 says that all that call on the name of the Lord will be saved. You know what that means? That God has spoken this word over every person that has ever lived. Every person living now and every person that will live. God said, live. How do we grab onto that life, man? This is how. If you believe, if you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that He came from heaven, that He lived a perfect life, that He died on a cross to pay the price for your sins, and that they buried Him in a tomb thinking He was dead, and that on the third day, On the third day, God said to his only begotten son, live. And he came out of the grave. If you believe that in real faith with all your heart. And then if you will confess to him that he is the Lord of your life. If you'll just do what God has commanded you to do. And surrender your life to him. If you'll put your spirit, your life in his nail-scarred hands then you will be saved. Then you will come to life. Then you'll be covered by His blood and filled with His Spirit. And He will call you into glory.